Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through his word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. Was super duper double looper. Some of you are thinking, man, I I wish you're going to throw up a slide or a picture of it. No, 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 no. You don't understand. See, this was a main ask. And I might be 36, but when you get a main ask for Christmas, when you're, you know, back in the 80s, early 90s, you still have super duper double looper. King, bring it up here because they think I'm joking. I'm talking about right here. Price tag still on it. Toys R Us, $59.99. It's probably worth about $300 now. We'll start the bidding here shortly. No, but, but super duper double looper. I mean, it was a race track for the ages. You know, we didn't have the technology that we have today. So when super duper double looper came out, and you're telling me that the cars are going to fly through the air not touching anything? I mean, come on. It's got to be on your Christmas list. And you know, my mom, which she was always faithful to do, she got me my main ask, as she consistently did. Not that I was an only child or anything. That's a, for another sermon and another counseling session. But I was an only child. So I did get a lot of those big asks on Christmas, Christmas morning. Here's the point. That some of you, when you think about Christmas and you think about the season of Christmas... It's your favorite season because you get wonderful gifts. You know, we all have favorite seasons of life. Some of you, it's Christmas. You like gathering with family and distant relatives or you like singing carols or you like big ask like super duper double looper. Others of you, it might be summer. Maybe your birthday falls within the season of summer. Maybe like like myself, you played baseball and You don't like fall ball because that's like turtleneck and like jacket and like three layers of clothes trying to throw the baseball was never fun. But you like summer where it was warm. We all have favorite seasons. We all have favorite seasons. You probably have a favorite season. But the issue is that in life and reality on earth, there's multiple seasons. You might have a favorite season But the issue is, is that your favorite season is not every season. And what this means for our life and what this means for our marriage and what this means for our career and what this means is that we have tension because not every season can be your favorite season. And when you think about seasons, you can't just like make seasons up. Like, yeah, I'm just, you know, this is fall, spring. No, no, no. There is an order for the diversity we have when you think about the seasons, winter and summer, spring and fall. You can't just make them up. Likewise, it's the same with emotional seasons. There are emotional seasons. And we've been giving the Psalms and we've been given the wisdom books like Ecclesiastes where we see that as we, as God's creation, live on earth, that there's this range of emotions we can experience. 
But there's only so many emotions. It's not like today humans or you and I and our marriage or what we're facing on the earth that we're experiencing new emotions. There can't be new seasons. There's only a certain amount, four seasons. And there's also not that new emotions are being developed. There's only a range or an order of emotions. The issue is, is that because we're in relationships with other people, and just like other people might not have the favorite season that is our favorite season, in our relationships, people are not always experiencing the same emotions in their seasons of life that we are. And it's not just our friends, and it's not just our neighbors, and it's not just our coworkers. For us who are married, it's even our spouse. That we find ourselves in multiple relationships... And these multiple relationships that we have where we're committed to them and they're committed to us, the tension is is that we find ourselves so often in different seasons experiencing different emotions though we're in this friendship or relationship or marriage together. Do you know there's only a certain number of life stages? For instance, the Apostle John and the Apostle Paul, they talk about physical life stages, being related to spiritual growth stages. They talk about being a babe in Christ. They talk about being a child in the faith. They talk about being a young man or a young woman in the Lord. They talk about being a father and a mother. There's only so many life stages. Only so many. And yet, in our relationships, we have friends and family and people that are close to us where they're in a different life stage than us, and this creates tension. This creates tension. We're in the loop. It brings us back to Ecclesiastes 3 that there are different seasons, and yet there is a purpose for each season. And in this race called life, we're not always on the same lap with our spouse. We're not always on the same lap with our neighbor, our friend at work, or a relative. We're not always on the same lap or in the same season, though we're all in the loop encircling the sun together. You might be asking, what is a loop? Because we're in the loop. A loop is defined as an object folded or doubled upon itself so as to leave an opening between the parts for something to be inserted there and or a loop to be used as a handle. See, listen to me. Loops are important because they allow others to grasp who we are. This is what we're going to focus on a lot today. Loops in your life, in my life, are important because they allow others to grasp who we are. This is why you can't have a healthy relationship with a schizophrenic person. And I'll do respect. You can't. Because one day they're Tom and the next day they're a giraffe. And when there are not loops, because a loop has an order to it. There's a consistency to it. And without the consistency and without the loop, there's nothing to grab hold of. Loops are important. And you have current loops in your life. 
Doesn't matter what season you're in, what age of life or season of life or stage of life you're in, you have loops. Because listen, loops are because your current character. And your character is because of your consistent choices. And your choices are because of your consistent thinking and behaving. I'll say it again. Your current loops are because of your current character. Your current character is because of your consistent choices. And your consistent choices are because of your consistent thinking and believing. Notice that the definition of a loop is that loops are an object that is folded or doubled upon itself leading to an opening. This means for new loops to be formed in my life, for new loops to be formed in your life, for new loops to be formed in our marriage if we're married today, this means that for new loops to be formed, we must be willing to be bent. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be snapped. For new loops, new character, new habits that our spouse or people in a relationship can grasp hold of, of understanding who we are, why we do things. For those new loops to be formed, a loop is an object that's folded or doubled back upon itself, meaning you and I must be willing to be bent. Sometimes being bent out of shape is good because the current shape and the loops in your life is not God's best it's not what Jesus made possible through the finished work. This means new loops are formed as we are willing to discern our current character and who we are. The wonderful thing is, is that if we will allow new loops to be formed in our life, notice it says that it leads to an opening. Some of you are being bent out of shape right now, and that's good because God's trying to get you in His shape, in the image of Jesus. You manifesting outwardly who He made you inwardly so you can walk in the good works that He's prepared beforehand, that you can manifest Christ using your gifts and your talents and how He sculpted and shaped you, shaped you through the new birth. And the reason why you should be encouraged and not resist the loop you're in is because it leads to an opening. Leads to growth. Leads to a new season. A new area of experiencing the kingdom of God and the purpose and the plan of God for your marriage and for your life, for your relationships. Notice loops are formed as an object is doubled upon itself or folded. Another way the Bible expresses this reality is you reap what you sow. Meaning life is good about bending who you are back upon yourself. Ask Jacob. In Genesis, there's a man named Jacob. Jacob had some loops and some habits and some character based on consistent choices. And it wasn't until Jacob's own character got bent back upon himself through his uncle Laban that for the first time, Jacob realizes what it's like to be in a relationship with himself. So often you and I have no awareness of what it's like to be in a relationship with ourselves. So often if we're married, we have no understanding and revelation what it's like for our spouse to be married to us. 
for our best friend to be a best friend to us. For a boss to be a boss to us. For a co-worker to be a peer in, in our field with us. We're in the loop. See, when your issues get bent back upon yourself, only then can you really understand what being in a relationship with you is truly like. I have found in myself, and I'm confident you, if you're honest today, have seen at times with yourself, that until that bending of who we are back upon ourselves through another happens, we are usually so critical, we are usually so harsh, we are usually so judgmental, we are usually so unmerciful to others, but expect mercy and compassion from others regarding the same issue in our own life. Even in my marriage, I want Michelle, who by God's grace, thank God we've been happily married for going on 16 years. I want her to be merciful in the areas where my loops are unhealthy. And yet where she has loops that I don't like, habits that I don't like, character that I don't like, so often I find myself so critical and judgmental. Oh, but life has a way of bending, bending things back upon ourselves so that we can realize in true assurance, as the psalmist said, in God's light, I now see light. You know what this also means? It means that the most difficult person to have a relationship with is a person who does not know who they are. And because they don't know who they are, they don't have many loops in their life, and you can't really ever get a handle on who they are. I mean, one day they're into this. The next day they despise that. They're into something new. You can't get a handle. No loops. They have no awareness of where they need to be bent and where they need to be changed by the grace and the power of God's Spirit. They don't have enough healthy loops formed for you to grasp them. Others do have loops. They do have patterns that enable others to get a handle on who they are, but the character they have is just unhealthy. It's dysfunctional. It's a dysfunctional loop. The question that confronts us in the beginning of what we're talking about and looking at today is, can I, can you, can we? Except today there are still loops needing to be formed in your life. That there is still character of Christ and still growth in Christ and still more of the measure of Jesus Christ that can be formed in you. And in your life. And if you're willing to accept that, are you willing to be bent to be changed? Because so often we want the newness of life that Jesus brought. We want new loops and consistencies and habits and new character and new joy in our life. The issue is, is we just don't want to be bent to get the newness. Oh, but we're in the loop. Let me talk to the singles just for a brief moment. If I were single... I would not enter into marriage unless I was clear on as many loops that were practically possible in the person I'm planning on marrying. I would seek to be clear on every loop that is practically possible. How do they use their spare time? What's the consistent loop? 
Money habits, what's their consistent loop with money? Family of origin, what's the patterns of their upbringing and family, the loops that they have? Their work, their career plans, what is that loop? Do they want children? What type of friends do they keep in their loop? What theology, what worldviews, what beliefs do they have? That's why I never, you'll never hear me tell people, just rush and get married. Because time in relationships gives time to begin to understand what loops we have. And loops are important for us to get a handle on who we are in a relationship with. But you know, there's not just loops. There's what I want to talk about now called intercepting loops. Intercepting loops. Speaking of in the loop, my grandfather on my mother's side was a race car driver. Many of you don't know that, that are, that are close to me. He wasn't a big one or anything, but he was a local race car driver around the Louisville, Kentucky area where I was born and went to school. This provides a little context and understanding that while I was growing up, I found myself numerous times at car races. In fact, on the outer loop in Louisville, Kentucky, there used to be what was named the Louisville Motor Speedway. And you want to know what was my favorite race there? The Louisville Motor Speedway on the outer loop, the figure eight. The figure eight. Now, some of you fast phone typers, iPhone users, Wikipedia would tell you that figure eight racing is a form of banger racing. That means the cars are going to bang. In which automobiles race on a track that purposely intersects itself, increasing the risk of collisions. In fact, figure eight racing is most common in the United States and Canada. That's probably because other countries don't have as much money. And if their race cars run into each other and break down, they ain't got a backup car. In America, we're like, just go get another car. Let's, let's go at it again. But intercepting loops equals a figure eight. In fact, they have a video, I believe, that they'll show. Here's a start of a figure eight race. This is actually a place I've been. This is in Indiana, not far, too far from my hometown. Start out bunched together. Ain't that just like a relationship in life? But so much starts happening, and the longer time takes place, the longer the cars get spread out. And the more they get spread out, it's leading to a moment where the loops are going to intersect. Now, you talk about tension. <laughs> Especially if you're grandma or mama of the driver in the stands. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's just getting started. It just gets more and more and more. Should I stop? Should I go? Should I accelerate? Break? Watch this. Woo! <laughs> it's funny watching it, but when you're in the car... I know what some of you are going to be doing the rest of the day. <laughs> YouTube and banger races, figure eight. 
That's good, guys. Thank you. Listen, those are professional drivers that you just saw in that video. That means they had many opportunities and experiences of learning how to deal with the intersecting loops. They're professionals. Do you know what would happen if right now we all loaded up into multiple buses and we headed down to the race car track and we said, you know what? The DP community, we're going to have us a banger race figure eight. We're going to try it. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Wrecks, injuries, hospital bills, ambulances, sirens. Why? Because we're not professional. And so often in the loop of life, that we have and we're experiencing together, I'm coming around turn two, my wife is coming around turn four, and we're heading right towards a possible crash. In friendships, in relationships, we find ourselves in different seasons experiencing a different purpose of what God's doing in me versus what He's doing in my spouse or a friend. And those circles are about to intersect. And it's at that moment of intersection that major, major drama, hurt, tension, issues can happen. It's led me to ask these questions in life of how do we not wreck in our relationships when we are in different seasons experiencing different turns? How do we prosper outside of our favorite season? How are we to be in our relationships like Paul told Timothy to be in his ministry, to be ready in season, but also out of season? And the answer is clasp. In Exodus 26 and verse 5, you begin to find a very, very interesting detail. Now to catch you up to speed, Exodus is the book that records when Moses is spending time with God and God tells him and shows him on the mountain his specific blueprint and pattern for the tabernacle. The place where God was going to make His manifest presence be among the people and it was the way that they could begin to experience His life and blessings and God gives specifications for every detail of the tabernacle of Moses and then it carries on to the temple of Solomon all the way down to then when it was rebuilt the temple of Herod. And in Exodus 26 and verse 5, you said, it says, 50 loops you shall make in the one curtain. And 50 loops you shall make on the edge of the curtain that is on the end of the second set, that the loops may be clasped to one another. And the King James, it says that the loops may take hold of one another. Now these are the specific specifications for these curtains that laid over the holy of holies and the holy place, the box. And there was curtains that draped over it. And the curtains were so big that it took multiple curtains and the curtains had to have loops so that they could be clasped one to another becoming one. Sounds a lot like relationships, doesn't it? Two becoming one. Sounds a lot like marriage, doesn't it? Two becoming one. He says there needs to be loops on both curtains so that the loops may take hold of one another. The Hebrew take hold means to receive. 
It means to accept. It means to show oppositeness. To receive one to the other. Notice that there were loops so that they would be clasped together. The loops made it possible for them to take hold of each other. See, listen to me. You can't take hold of your spouse where she doesn't have loops or he doesn't have loops. Where you don't know their character and their consistent habits and personality and likes and dislikes, you can't receive that. Loops are important because it's the loops that allows another person to willfully receive that aspect of who you are. Notice it's not just one loop. We are very complicated people. Fifty loops. Meaning we all are different. We have different likes, different dislikes, different habits, different hobbies, different emotions, different range of experience. And the loops allow for us to be able to receive one another. This is why the loops are so important. This is why being clear on the loops in another is so important. Listen, no loops, no receiving them. Sure, we can have superficial relationships. Say, yeah, man, I know. You know, it's like saying, yeah, I know President Trump. Yeah, I know President Obama. Well, how do I know him? Through watching him on the news? Through Facebook, superficial. But I don't know what really loops are in their life to truly receive, not just what they do outwardly, but who they are at the core of their person, their character. It's the same for you and I. It's the same in our marriage. The loops are important because they allow others to receive who we truly are or at least presents the opportunity. See, relationships... Without loops are relationships that are not built on reality. So many people try to receive another person or in a relationship with another person and they're trying to receive them based on what they want them to be instead of the loops that are actually there. See, true relationships, a true marriage, a true friendship is built upon the loops, on reality of what is actually a consistent manifestation of their character and their habits and who they are currently as a person. Listen, loops must be received. They must be accepted. They cannot be ignored. So many times in our relationship, we, we like certain loops of our spouse or certain loops of a friend or certain loops of someone we're in a relationship with, but we don't like other loops. We don't like other habits, other character things that's showing up. And we try to ignore those loops. Listen, can't ignore it. Even if you don't like the loop, if you are going to engage in a committed relationship with that person, you still must accept that that's a loop in their life, even if you don't like it. Let me tell you. The way to have hope deferred and make your heart sick is to enter into relationships expecting to change the loops that a other person has. That is a relationship that's not built on love. It's built on, as Pastor Craig talked about some last week, manipulation. Even if they don't have healthy loops, you still, if you're going to enter a relationship, have to be willing to acknowledge that unhealthy loop and you still are going to have to accept that to receive them into a relationship, you're receiving that loop. And listen, there's no guarantee that that loop will ever change. 
This is why time is important before you enter marriage. Before you enter covenant relationships with people. Even business partners, Proverbs says. Don't enter hasty if you don't know the loops in a person's life. Loops in their life. Loops need to be acknowledged even if they are dysfunctional so you can decide whether to receive the person or not because of dysfunctional loops. Notice the scripture said that the loops may be clasped and receive each other that they may become one. They may become one. In Exodus 26 and verse 6 it says, And you shall make 50 clasps of gold and couple the curtains together with the clasps so that it may be one tabernacle. Notice that. It says, let each curtain have 50 loops, then make 50 clasps of gold, and let the clasps cause the loops to become one, adjoining. Listen to me. This is what relationships are. You have your own loops. You have your own character. You have your own patterns and habits. Another person has their own loops. But how does oneness take place? Oh, it takes the clasp of the hand of God in that relationship. Gold represents in Scripture the divine. There are the divine clasp of God that joins and strengthens relationships. That's why the Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. But God can't strengthen a relationship that's not built on reality and awareness and acceptance of each other's loops. Can't do it. He's a God of truth. What's interesting is that the word where it says, take hold one of another, that they may become one. The Hebrew word one there is actually the Hebrew word for woman or wife. Woman or wife. Very interesting. Why is this? Well, this is why there are male and female adapters for nuts and screws and pipes and fittings. There are male and female adapters. Why? The opposites make it possible for them to be joined together, for them to come into union. But the Bible refers to all God's people in this sense as feminine. What's that mean? Listen, we are all receivers from God. We have nothing to give God. We must be in a loop that there is a circle where that we can receive from God. For it is by grace through faith. Our faith is like a door for the grace and the ability of God to come into our life. And then God joins us together. That's why the Bible calls the people of God the bride of Christ. It's one of the hardest things for us men because in other areas, like in the marriage relationship, we're not receivers, we're givers. We give to our spouses. But all of us in our relationship with God have to learn to be receivers, not givers. We love because what? He first loved us. We give, why? Because we have first freely been given. 
And this is why it's hard oftentimes for men to get on fire for God and realize because they're getting confused, their relationship with God versus their relationship with bosses and their spouse that expect for you to give them something. And God says, listen, in this relationship, I'm the leader. In this relationship, I'm the one that, that provides. Let me give to you. Get in a posture of just receiving my love and goodness and let me lavish and daily bestow my benefits upon you. Receiving. You know what this also signifies is that women have an incredible God-given ability to receive what people are willing to share. The clasp that calls it to be one is the same word for a woman or a wife, meaning this. God has given an incredible ability to females to take in and to receive things. I can think of numerous wives that have put up with so many crazy loops in their husbands and they just receive it like they're eating their favorite snack or their favorite muffin for breakfast and they just keep going on. Why? Women have an amazing God-given ability to receive and digest junk. It's probably why their pain tolerance is normally higher as well. You know who my children call for when they get hurt? It ain't daddy! It's mama. Why? Because women have a God-given ability to take in, to receive, to empathize, to take in the emotion, to take in the feelings, to take in stuff and to absorb it. It's a beautiful thing, the distinctions that God has given between a, a man and a woman and a husband and a wife. And it is in those diversities that then the clasp of the hand of God begins to bring unity. See, listen to me. You don't want to think that my loop of patience needs to be clasped with my wife's loop of patience. No, no, no. That's not how it works. I need my loop of patience to clasp with the characteristics that's different in her. I need patience for her where she's not like me. I don't need patience to be coupled with her patience. No, no, no. It's in our differences. It's in the accepting of our differences that the hand of God clasps and strengthens and creates a oneness. Listen, this is becoming a powerful team. This is becoming... A power couple, powerful marriage, not powerful because in and of ourselves. We're powerful because we did what Pastor Craig mentioned earlier. We've learned to take off our mask, see our loops, accept our loops, and yet let God create new loops. And then the clasp of God has joined together two loops that strengthens the marriage into one, one team in unity. And it's the same for our relationships, our friendships, and amongst ourselves as children of God. Can I hear one amen? Listen, husbands, your wife cannot receive what you are unwilling to share. Our wives have a great ability to take in our anger, our disappointment, our issues, our dysfunctions, our wrong loops. But wives can't receive it if we're unwilling to share. Husbands, listen, loops in your life that are willing to talk, be talked about with your wife become areas that you can never experience biblical oneness in. I want to tell some husbands here today and those watching and listening that you're safe to talk to your wife 
about any and everything that would cause you to lose your man card with your guy friends. You're safe to say those things to your wife and she will actually receive them and receive you and your intimacy will go to a whole new level. And then you'll feel like a strong man. Listen to me. If, if, if I were to get with some of the men in this church and tell them some of the loops in my life and emotions and things that I've experienced in this season or past, listen, I'll lose my man card. Because as men, we're not created to be receiving that kind of stuff. We just laugh it off. We're givers. But listen, your wife, husbands, is a safe place that you can share things that would cause other men to laugh or to say you lose your man card. Listen, and your marriage and your intimacy will actually be strengthened. And guess what happens when the intimacy strengthens? You get up out of there feeling more like a man. More like a man. How many understand what idioms are? Sayings. You know, in the loop, there's some idioms with that phrase. You're in and out of the loop. What does that mean? It means you're included or excluded from the latest information. You would say, she's often out of the loop on my decisions. Listen, husbands. The level you are keeping your wife in the loop will have a direct correspondence on the amount of questions she will feel the need to ask. Some of you say, man, I, I, I come home, my wife, she's got a list of 14,000 questions. But listen, to the level you keep your wife in the loop will be the level that she feels the need to ask questions. See, women are receivers. She's looking to absorb who you are, what you're going through. And when you don't keep her in the loop, she feels she's not getting thing, anything from you, so guess what it does? She's going to ask. I'm talking about automatic question gun. I mean, just like dominoes. Woo! And it's so easy in my, in, 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 for me in that moment to say, chill! But it's really a reflection of how much I'm not keeping her in the loop. And the loop of my emotions and the loop of the purpose of this season I'm facing in the loop of what God's doing in me in the loop of what's taking place in my relationship with our children or the church or God's purpose or my calling or my career. I mean, some of you said, my wife, she has so many questions. Well, you haven't started a conversation in a decade with her, Mr. Frozen Lips. I mean, of course she's asking you a lot of questions. I mean, you thought the frozen chosen meant frozen lips. You got to talk. Keep them in the loop. Listen to me. If your wife has stopped asking questions for some period of time and you do not have great intimacy, it's because you have been unwilling to be bent to create new loops for years. Now listen to me. And the result is she has become weary trying to receive your existing loops and waiting for you to be changed and have new loops. She's just shut down. The fact Husbands are in relationships. People are asking you questions. Is a positive thing that they're still engaged, wanting to receive who you are and get to know you more. Another idiom of in the loop is to throw or knock for a loop, to astonish or upset. For instance, him quitting watching NASCAR really threw me for a loop. 
Listen, husbands, when we, we do not keep our wife in the loop, then we incre- increase the risk of throwing her for a loop. Husbands, when we do not keep our wife in the loop, we increase the risk of throwing her for a loop. And when we throw our spouse for a loop, listen, it is unfair for us to then criticize her response, criticize her emotions, criticize her reaction when we have led her unfairly. And I've been guilty often. That I've not kept her in the loop, so I finally go and say, oh, by the way, I'm doing this, or this is happening, this. And I have not invited her in that loop, and that conversation, what's going on. And then I get upset that she, you know, spazzes out. Not that she would ever do that. I mean, come on. But listen, in that moment, then it's easy for me to turn it back on her and get critical. How dare you respond like that? But I've led her wrongly. I've not kept her in the loop. I've thrown her for a loop. I mean, some of you, like you were a Jeff Gordon fan from birth. I mean, you just love Jeff Gordon. I mean, he was the man for you in, in car racing. And there was this Jeff Gordon memorabilia item that you had wanted for years, but you always said, you know, it's too expensive to buy it. And your wife, because you said you're in this loop of loving Jeff Gordon, and you've been in that loop for years, she's been saving money. And after years of saving money, she buys you this memorabilia item that you've been wanting of Jeff Gordon. She goes and gives it to you, and now all of a sudden you don't like Jeff Gordon, you like Jimmy Johnson. And you wonder why she's going to rip that memorabilia piece up in front of you? About ready to... uh, clothesline you and start a WWE wrestling match with you because you threw her in a loop. You had a pattern of doing things a certain way and you went to change it without keeping your wife in the loop. And she was trying to bless you. She's trying to help you, but we didn't keep her in the loop. New season. New hobby. And then we get mad. I know I'm not the only one up here. Come on, don't don't, don't make me feel alone up here. Men, I mean, come on. When she explodes, is it really her fault? You're now a Jimmy Johnson fan? Listen, you're going to be eating at Jimmy John's for about a couple of weeks. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. Now listen, there are the 50 loops. 50 loops in this curtain that represents your life. 50 loops... And another curtain that represents someone else you're in a committed relationship. But it takes the gold class of God. Causing greater oneness. Let me talk about the mystery for a moment. See, super duper double looper. There was a mystery to me as a young boy about it. How can cars fly through the air? Jump through the air, touching nothing, and land on the other side and keep going. It was a mystery. I was so fascinated by it. It was a mystery. Well, that video we saw of the figure eight race, the fact that we didn't see one wreck in the minute we watched it, that's the mystery to me. Likewise, in marriage and relationships, there is what on the surface appears to be a mystery to us. Paul speaks about this. Follow me in Ephesians 5 and verse 30. 
Ephesians 5 and verse 30, Paul says, For we are members of His body, of His flesh and of His bones. Children of God, the born again, redeemed people of God, are members of Jesus' body, of Jesus' flesh and of His bones. Verse 31, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two, the two curtains, shall become one. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Notice this. A man shall be joined to his wife. The two shall become one. Sounds like a mystery. Christ and the church becoming one. This is teamwork. There's two, but there's one. The curtains that we've looked at today, they covered the tabernacle of meeting where God's manifest presence dwelled. They covered where God would meet the high priest in the most intimate places. Likewise, the loops cover us. As we are growing in union with the Lord individually and as we're growing in oneness with our spouse. How does this oneness happen? It's a mystery. But we know our role in the mystery of becoming one and a team and a power couple and a power relationship. And that is allowing God to give you the right loops in your life so that the person you're in a relationship with can truly have a grasp on who you are. And only when they truly know who you are can they truly receive who you are. And only when you're truly received for who you truly are can there be true intimacy and not a superficial relationship. Notice he says, husbands, love the loops of your own wife. That's my role. To love the loops. To not change the loops, but to be accepting of my wife in all of her loops. To receive her as God in Christ received me. Now let me ask you, did God wait for you to have all the right loops in your life before he received you? No. And he says, husband, love the loops of your wife. Listen, here's what it also means. Love the distinctions. Don't try to make your wife like what you like. Don't try to make your wife be who you are because it's in the opposites that the union and the true joining take place. Right? You can't fit together the same piece of PVC. It's the uniqueness that allows the mystery of oneness and the joining to take place. Love her distinctions that make her different than you. Then he says, wives, respect the husband where he is different from you. Husbands are to love their wives where they're different. Wives are to respect their husbands where they're different. And the love and respect regarding each other's loops covers and protects us. Listen, in the process of greater intimacy. And it is also very important when we have intercepting loops and we are vulnerable to a collision that we're accepting of each other's loops. The mystery continued, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, because of time's sake, I won't go in detail, but in verse 50, he says, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now, he's talking about the end of the days, but the principle there is throughout Scripture is this. 
The kingdom of God is available now for you and I to experience it. You say, why is that important to me? Because Romans 14, 17 says, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you want more rightness, God's will, in your relationships, in your marriage, if you want more of God's peace and, and God's joy in your marriage and in your relationships, then listen, you need the kingdom of God, but you cannot experience the kingdom of God through flesh and blood. What does that mean? You cannot depend on your own ability to achieve peace and joy and unity and rightness in your marriage and relationships. What is the opposite of the flesh? The spirit. You have to stop trusting in you to clasp together the loops and make it fit and one, and you have to trust the Spirit of God to do what only He can do, to clasp it together, to make one. And Hebrews says the kingdom of God is unshakable. You want an unshakable relationship with the best friend, with the person, with your spouse, with others? You got to get the kingdom of God manifested in that relationship. How do you get the kingdom of God? Not by your doing, not by you depending on the flesh, but by depending on the Spirit of God, the supernatural gold class of God, strengthening the loops in that relationship. Your old loops and habits of the flesh must die. And let the Spirit of God create new loops, the character of Christ. Let the Spirit of God write the laws, the very person of Christ upon your heart and mind. And as you do that, the Spirit of God will clasp together the loops and bring togetherness and oneness. As we allow God to form new loops in our life, then the Spirit of God can clasp those new loops with loops in our spouse. Listen, the Spirit of God can't bring oneness when we don't allow Him first to give us loops. Some of us are saying, we want greater intimacy, we want greater intimacy. All right, then we're going to have to be bent to get new loops so that the Holy Spirit has new loops to clasp us and enter into this mystery of oneness. See, oneness grows, new class are formed. Each class of giving and receiving causes oneness to deepen. I want to ask you this question. Often you can know God desires new class when you find yourself looping around the same mountain. If you in a relationship with your spouse or in your marriage or with a coworker or with people, if you find yourself looping around the same mountain, you come across that issue constantly, you, a conversation, an argument about that issue constantly, if you find yourself looping around an issue consistently, you can be certain that God is desiring to create new loops so a new Class and new unity and a new oneness can be experienced in your marriage or in your relationship. You know why Israel walked around the same mountain for 40 years? Because of unbelief. And this is where the mystery takes place. Because Paul says this is the mystery Christ in you. That God in His eternal purpose through the finished work of Jesus, He accomplished the way for Christ to dwell in you and Christ dwells in you to create and form new loops in your character, new loops in your habit, new loops in your thinking, new loops in your perception to learn to live by faith not in your flesh and your own ability but by faith in the Son of God who lives within you loops Intercepting loops and the mystery. 
because there are seasons plural and the more you are willing to receive what is out of season for you the more your spouse will be inspired to give you what is in season for you I'll say it again the more you are willing to receive what is out of season for you that takes depending on the spirit that takes the mystery of Christ's strength within you that takes the mystery of cross that in giving up your life you'll gain his life and an unshakable kingdom experience of rightness and peace and joy that's unshakable that the more you're willing to receive what is out of season for you the more your spouse will be inspired to give you what is in season for you we have to die to our needs as priority notice it says in Ecclesiastes 3 there's a time to hug and a time to refrain from hugging I wonder if I'm in a season wanting a lot of hugs. Michelle's in a season of not wanting any hugs. The oneness, the hand and the clasp of God to hold us together in that area is dependent on us having a loop called the cross. Am I willing to put her needs first? And when I put her needs first by the cross, it will motivate her to then put my needs first in her. It is the cross that in surrender we receive, that in death comes resurrection. If you will keep your spouse and people that you're in relationships with in the loop, they can receive what's taking place in your current season. How do we not pull apart? When we're experiencing different seasons, how can we still prosper when we're not in our favorite season? Here's the conclusion I've come at. The more loops you have clasped, the more you can be in season even when you are out of season. If you're not in a marriage relationship, but you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, and right now you're out of season. You're in the season that's not favored for you. You're having life bend some things back on you. You're on the potter's wheel. God's holy fire is purifying and refining you. How do you keep the relationship with Jesus strong? You better have some previous loops that have been clasped, that hold you together why this new loop is being formed. I want to tell some marriages today that seasons change and that means needs change. But the more loops you've allowed God to form in you and the more loops that God has been allowed to form of your spouse where the class, the gold class of God has brought unity in, listen, that oneness and those clasps allow you to be in season even when you're out of season as God is searching and working to form new class and new loops in your marriage so that your intimacy and your oneness and your fellowship and marriage goes from glory to glory because Exodus 26 5 says 50 loops you shall make in one curtain and 50 loops you shall make in the edge of the other curtain that the loops may be clasped to one another do you know 50 was the number for the year of Jubilee? You know why the year of Jubilee was a big party? Is that all of the previous wrongs and debts from bad choices was forgiven and people entered into a new season where they could experience the kingdom and the prosperity of God. And it's amazing. God says 50 loops 
just so we don't think that we've achieved the greatest intimacy in our relationships, in our friendships, in our relationship with God and Jesus Christ, in our relationship in our marriage, that there is still a greater place to experience the year of Jubilee where God is releasing you from past mistakes and hurts and marriage and you're coming into a new place of joy and celebration and the unshakableness of God's kingdom. You know what else is significant about 50? It's the day of Pentecost. What he's saying is, is the more you surrender to the unseen hand of God to clasp areas in your marriage and in your relationships where you've allowed God to first change you and create some loops, the more you'll experience a spirit-filled relationship, a spirit-filled marriage, a spirit-filled life, the life that Jesus came to give, a life in life more abundantly. So the bottom line is, 50 is a lot of loops, meaning we still have loops to be clasped. Therefore, we should be a people that are in a posture that are willing to be bent. Listen, the more I'm bent, the more loops I can have. The more loops I have, the more opportunities my spouse has to receive and accept me. The more I'm accepted and received, the more class we have formed. And the more class we have formed, the more we are mysteriously becoming one. One. Again, thanks so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. God bless you.